Well, friends, here we are embarking on the second, um, second to last, the penultimate week of this uh, Trinity term, this summer term under COVID-19. Uh, we're nearly there. And I must say, these podcasts have been probably more of a blessing to me than anyone else. Um, but thank you if you have listening. In a sense, having listenership, if that is a noun, has not been the point. It's been good for me to have this discipline of speaking words of worship and meditation uh, aloud. Perhaps it's something I'll continue in my quiet times beyond this. Incidentally, isn't it wonderful that the week um, begins within the Christian worldview on a Sunday? So Monday really isn't the first day of the week, it's the Sunday, ever since the week got turned on its head from the uh, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. How wonderful that we start the week from a place of rest rather than work towards it in the hope of achieving it. We start from the security and the refreshment of rest uh, that is certain. Well, friends, we know that real, true rest is found in the Lord. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, heavy laden, and I will give them rest. So let's come to him now and remember that the Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. God is close to those who trust in him. Our Lord, as we come to you today, this penultimate week of this summer term, we we recognise that we don't know what it will hold. You do. You're the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. And so right now, in a moment of quiet, we hold our day, our precious day, our important day, our personal day, out to you. We make the decision to worship, Lord. Right now, we decide to set aside this moment to centre our minds and our hearts on you. Would you gather up our scattered senses and focus them on you? We bring you our, our sin, maybe sin from the weekend. Maybe sinful worries looking towards the future, ambitions. And how we thank you for the assurance of forgiveness. That you give us only and always through Christ's death on the cross. Please be our rescuer, Lord. And with that covering of Christ's righteousness, that assurance of welcome in heaven's house, we decide to bring a large measure of expectation to you now because we feel welcome in your word and by the Spirit. We pray that you'd fill us. Please be our portion. Psalm 29, a psalm of David. He wrote a lot, didn't he? Ascribe to the Lord your heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendour of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. 
He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert, the Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forests bare, and in his temple all cry, Glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Well, friends, it would be a watered-down way of speaking about this. It would be a weak, too weak way of speaking about this to say that this psalm contains an invitation for us. Because actually it's stronger than that. It's a command. It's an imperative. It's a do this. And we're told in the first couple of verses repeatedly to ascribe things to the Lord. In fact, the angels, the heavenly beings, are told to ascribe things to the Lord, and we are too. We're told to ascribe glory to him, the glory due his name. And to ascribe something is to describe them as such, to attribute various attributes to them, to treat them as being a certain way. And I suppose there's a paradox here that we find all the way through Scripture that we are told here to tell God that he is the things that he is. He doesn't need our ascriptions of glory. He knows that he's glorious. He's the definition of glory, weighty, holy, pure, the most valuable person in the world. He knows that. He's not relying on it. He's not some sort of egotistical low self-esteem deity who needs reminding of his character, but he, he commands that we tell him and speak of him as he really is. And that is a command for you today. That is a command for me today. Please, Lord, would today we tell you that you are glorious in our actions in our obedience to your word, in our reverence for your world, in our conversations with your creatures, other human beings. And may we ascribe that publicly. But there's a transition, almost anticipating a, a wavering response to that command. What if I don't want to ascribe glory to the Lord? What if I don't feel like that today on the 22nd of June? Well, then we get into this section speaking about the voice of the Lord. And the language is topical for last week. Thunder is mentioned there. Lightning is mentioned there. It's dramatic. And various images are taken from the ancient Near Eastern world of strength, the cedars of Lebanon, the desert of Kadesh, oaks, forests. And God's voice breaks, twists, smashes those things shakes those things. And why is this section here? I think it is for those of us who don't want to ascribe glory to the Lord this morning. And it's as if David is saying, he is glorious. 
he doesn't even need, as it were, his arm to break the cedars of Lebanon. He just speaks and he breaks the greatest signs of strength they knew in their day and age. It's a way of them saying in our language, um, his voice would break, I don't know, a chieftain tank. His voice would break the world economy. His voice would break a nuclear bunker. And if only his voice does that, then consider how glorious he is. Ascribe glory to him, friends, today. But there's this lovely note of generosity and grace and kindness, which is kind of missing from the rest, which is full of strength and divine muscle. But the last verse, the Lord gives strength to his people. What generosity there. And what strength he would have available to give you, given that his voice breaks the strongest things in our culture and our day. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Heavenly Father, please, please give us your strength today. Please give us your strength to follow in Jesus' footsteps in the power of your Spirit. And please give us your peace where anxieties crowd in. Please, we want to ascribe greatness and glory to you today. Be glorious even as we tell you who you really are. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, you can't have missed the Black Lives Matter movement, much of which is brilliant, some of which I think is worrying. Well, here is a liturgy for those crying out for justice. And it's topical. Let's pray. O merciful Father, our author of justice, the innocent blood of those slain cries out to you from the ground, open-mouthed, warm, ever red. Come down, O God, and see what has been done. Our politics of fear and anger have enslaved, abused, neglected, erased, excluded, dismissed. We confer second-class citizenship. We legitimize the making of victims, whom you have called your beloved. Don the sackcloth, sprinkle the ashes, bitter weeping. We refuse to be comforted. For there are those of us who are no more. Will you forget us forever, O Lord? How long until with our own eyes we see your justice done? O Christ, we confess that we have looked away. Walk with us to the margins of our world where you have always been and abide in proximity with those who are not forgotten. Though the discomfort may break us, O healer, meet us where we lack and repair us with gold. We crave an easy way, but strengthen us to rise above, taking on each other's burdens as our own, learning that we are inextricably tied with our fellow image bearers, and we need each other on our march upward toward Zion. Son of God, born in a manger, you came among us with a lowly tread. You identify with the oppressed as we do to them, we do to you. For you, the Lord, love justice, you require mercy. Move now in and through us, Holy Spirit. Search the corners of our hearts for prejudice. Break the spirit of racism and racial superiority. 
Give us a powerful hope so that we may speak as those who do not shrink back. Move on behalf of those who cry out to you. We appeal to your throne of righteousness. From the confines of our traditions, we the church repent of our long history of failure, a system of sin always before us. Jesus Christ, alive in your people, the heart and truth of our faith, clear the way now in us to be a source of hope. May we be a witness of kingdom community. With each new tragedy, despair seeps into our bones. Renew in us, O God, a hopeful kindling fanned into flame for the work ahead. Create in us the imagination for a new humanity. Our multitude too numerous to count standing at your throne, a mosaic of every nation, tribe, people and language, none left out, reconciled and singing free before the Lamb. Amen. Well, amen indeed. Much love to you all this Monday morning. Bye now.